Amen. Um, look in your bulletin. There's some notes to follow along. We are doing a new series today called Blessed. And, you know, I, I don't think we really understand the word blessed in America because we think that if, if we say, um, God bless me, that means financial. I mean, we automatically go to financial, don't we, all the time? Um, why? I don't want to go into that yet. I'll go into that later. But, um, but it seems like we, 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 it's always when we're blessed, something has to happen to us around. It has to be things, and it has to be, I'm gathering things. Everything's going okay in my life, so I must be blessed. But, you know, let's, let's dig down and really find out what does being blessed really mean biblically. And let's go to the foundation. I'm not saying that being blessed isn't financial. That can be part of it. You know, being blessed is that it could be, yeah, things are going well for you. That means you're blessed. But have you ever thought maybe you're blessed and everything's going terrible? So what does blessed mean? In the dictionary, it means this. It means to be made holy or consecrated. But the word blessed just slips off our tongue so easily. God bless America. What are we saying when we say God bless America? And I believe God wants to bless America, but I believe God wants to make America holy and consecrated to him, set apart. Amen. And so when we say God bless my children, what are we thinking when we do that? It's very important that you understand it because you may be even praying something, God bless me, and not really thinking and knowing what you're praying about. Because God may be thinking one thing, and you're thinking another. How many's ever done that? You prayed for something, and it didn't go the way you prayed. But it ended up pretty good, right? And so what does it mean to really be blessed? So let me just give you one statement, and, uh, and then we'll talk about that. And then, uh, of course, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But, and I am going to deal with finances. But I'm going to, I want it to be on this foundation of understanding what the word blessed means. So the, to be blessed means this, to be in the kingdom. To be in the kingdom of God. This, that is really the only criteria in the Bible about being blessed. It has nothing to do with anything else. To be blessed means that you're in the kingdom. And this is why Jesus, when he compared the kingdom of heaven... He compared it in Matthew 13 to a treasure hidden in a field. And when the man found it, he hid it. He hid this treasure in a field. And then in his joy, went and sold everything he had to buy the field. So the kingdom of God is worth everything. It's worth everything. And so what it means, and if we have to, we would sell everything that we had to gain it, to get it. And only then will we be blessed. So it's about the kingdom. And so when I'm talking about we're blessed, that means we are about the kingdom of God. And it means that we're in contact with God's kingdom. And that's to be viewed as a blessing. You know, when the church is persecuted, when people are persecuted, you know what happens? We go closer to the Lord. Isn't that true? So have you ever thought that when you're persecuted, man, I'm so blessed. But you are. It's being blessed because you're getting more of the kingdom of God. You're growing closer to him. You're reaching out to him. You realize I can't do this on my own. And that's why that is a blessing. 
We are ultimately asking, when we're asking God and praying God, God bless me, we're ultimately asking God to do whatever it takes to bring us under your kingly authority, your kingly rule, Lord. That's what we're asking him to do. So when you're praying, God bless me, you're thinking, God, I need an extra hundred bucks. But what God thinks is this, oh, you want more of me. You ever thought about that? And that's why you never won that $10 million you've been praying for. You've been buying that lottery ticket. Don't look at me that way. You know you have. God bless me, bless me, bless me. Okay. It's not what you think. Now, we know our God's a provider. I don't want to get on another end of this. And we know God does bless financially. But when we talk about the word blessed, we've got to understand that it is set apart for his purposes, for his kingdom. And so when I ask God to bless me, when I say bless you, I mean, I pray that you, as you go, will go more and know more about the kingdom of God. Isn't that why Jesus prayed in Matthew 6, your kingdom come? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he put. It's about the kingdom of God, about me coming under the rule and the authority of God. Not my own rule of authority, not anybody else's own rule of authority, but God's rule and authority. And that's where I really find blessing. Let me explain a little bit more. Mark chapter 6. Here's a story. Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000. He looks at his disciples and he says, guys, I want you to get in the boat and I want you to go across the lake and I want you to go to Bethesda. And Jesus turns around and he dismisses the crowd and Jesus goes off to pray. And these guys are going rowing across this lake to Bethesda. And the question is, is that we all want to be where God wants us, don't we? Have you ever thought that? I want to be right in the middle of Jesus's will. Well, well, that's, that's our heart. That's, that's the heart of God. And there's no better place than to be where Jesus has made you and I to be. And the disciples didn't need to ask that question because they knew. Didn't Jesus tell them, get in the boat and go across? He knew, this is the will of God right now for my life. Is to get in the boat to go across the sea and meet him in Bethesda. And this is where we need to be. And this is the place that you're going to truly find joy. You're going to truly find happiness. You're going to truly find what it means to be blessed is to be in the middle of the will of God. The blessing, you're going to see that. And this is where they are. And they start to strain because the wind is coming up. And they are having trouble on that lake going across. And the thing about us here in America, we only think we're blessed is if we have enough money and if everything goes right. So you look at everybody else, and, and you know you do, if that person has a nice car and that person has every, looks like everything around them are going right, you think they're blessed. But that's not exactly what the Bible says is blessing. Have you ever thought about somebody going through a... a a living hell as them being blessed? No, we don't really jump into that because, I mean, 
That's not what we call blessing. I mean, you would never want anybody to go through anything, would you? No. But maybe they are being blessed. I went through a hell of a time back in 2011 when I almost died. And I'm, I'm going to mention this statement. Now, God didn't cause that. You understand that. In fact, on this storm that they're kind of in right now, Jesus didn't cause the storm. So you understand that. I want you to think that Jesus caused all the bad things in this world, okay? He doesn't do that. We, we do a good enough job at that anyway, ourselves, right? Amen? This is a fallen world, and that's why things happen. So Jesus didn't cause this to happen in me. But I look back, and I look at what I went through. Man, if that was the only way to get what I got during that time and what I saw during that time, I would do this all over again. Now, it might have not been. I don't know. I might have got, been able to take a right at a beforehand and got that, what I received. But I received so much, and I received so much. And listen, trust me, I will run one day. Yeah, and I'm going to beat you. <laughs> but here we are in America, and we think that because everything's going well, we're blessed. How many guys know people who have all the money in the world are depressed? So it doesn't, things don't work that way. And that's why here in America, we think that it's because of things that we're blessed, and it's not, it's because of Jesus that we're blessed. It's all about the kingdom. It's the love or passion sometimes here in, a, in the Church of America of something else, and we think we're blessed because we have that. Now in the story, Jesus does not get in this boat. He goes off to pray, and later on in the night, the, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and, and he was alone, Jesus was alone on land, and the disciples started, the Bible says, striving in their oars. Because the wind was against them. Now don't forget, the disciples are exactly where Jesus wants them. He made them get in that boat. And what happens next really suggests some things to us that the strong winds and their struggle to make headway is also where Jesus wants them. Do we think that Jesus knew this was going to happen? Yeah. And as soon as Jesus saw the predicament, he could have said one word and it would all be stopped, but he didn't do that. He didn't stop the winds. He could have said, God, I'm going to bless you, so I'm going to stop what's happening and help you out of this mess. He could have done that. And we could have called that. That would have been a blessing, but that's not what he did. Look what happens next. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. Walking on water! That's pretty cool. I always think that's cool. I, I've never been able to do that yet. I did try to do that. Thanks, Dad, for reminding me it didn't work out. I was in Haiti. That was embarrassing, trying to impress a girl. But anyway, um, <laughs> he was about, and look what he says, walking on water, walking on the lake, he was about to pass them by. I just think that's funny, don't you? Only, only Don and I. Um, they're, they're, they're striving. They're, 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 they're having trouble. And here comes Jesus walking on the lake 
about to pass him by. That's like he was in a race. I'm going to beat you. About ready to pass him by. But when they saw him walking on the lake, <laughs> they didn't think about That's Jesus walking on water. They, they thought about this. They, they thought he was a ghost. And they cried out because they all saw him and were afraid or terrified. The question is, I've always asked, why doesn't Jesus do something? The answer is because he wants to bless them. Immediately, here comes the blessing, and I hope you get it. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. He didn't stop the winds yet. But he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Most commentators will point out the phrase, it is I, and said, that means I am. And so Jesus was identifying himself to his disciples as I am, the same I am who appeared to Moses at the burning bush. What greater thing could Jesus have done for these disciples in that time than to reveal his true identity to them? That was the blessing. Would there be, a, would stopping the winds, would that have been a greater blessing? No. The greater blessing was re, re, revealing to them, I am. I am the great I am. You know what that means? I am. I can be whatever I need to be in your situation. He was revealing them a truth, a promise that no matter what was going on around them, I'm with you. I am right here with you. But if Jesus had simply dispelled the winds and stopped it from happening and made it easy to him, what would they have learned? What blessing would it have been for them? Wouldn't have been there. And here's the point. The real blessing was not the calming of the storm, but to see who God really was. This has always been the case. See, God's design is to bless you. And he wanted to bless the Israelites. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 23, look what it says here. This is what he prayed. That the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This is what blessing is. Look at the first, the first line. The Lord bless you. And how does he bless you? The Lord shines his face on you. He shows you who he is. And then the last line, and gives you peace. Real peace comes not, because, comes not because of what you have or what's going on around you. Real peace is knowing who your God is and how great he is. That is what brings us peace. God could have just taken away the storms and they would have never learned what peace really was. Because peace would have been determined by the circumstances that happens around them. Peace should never determine what goes on around you. Peace should always be in the believer's lives because of who God is. I am the great I am. So no matter what you're going through, he is your provider because he is the I am. And he can provide for you in any way he chooses. He is your healer. And that's the problem with most believers. They think, because God, God will bring peace when things go away from me. No, you should have peace every moment of every day because of who you are and who he is. 
One of our members, Jim Van Horde, said to me after the first service, he made this statement. I told him I'd give him credit for the first time, the second time it's mine. But um, he said this. He says, he says, blessed it means this. It means, it doesn't mean possession. It means position. Isn't that good? It's all about who you are. And that's what Jesus was coming to him. Listen. It's not a big deal. I am. And I'm with you. And if they would have caught that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who cares if a storm's happening in my life? Who cares what's going on in my life? I'm a son of God. It, it, you know, a thousand may fall on my right, ten thousand on my left, but nothing's going to harm me. I'll walk through the sh- valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. I have peace. Peace comes because of who he is, not what's going on around me. Moses knew this. The disciples knew this. They came to know this too. That peace would only come through having God make his face shine upon them. And that is precisely what Jesus did at the cross. And these cross type moments that you and I have in our own life. Where the wind is howling. Where we're straining at their oars. But we are also in a position to see more clearly the character, the nature of and the identity of God. And when we see more of who God is, that is being blessed. Amen? Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. He said this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and in, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Isn't that, that's it. I'm blessed no matter what. Because I see God and I know Him. And listen, God wants to bless you. He wants you to come under His kingdom authority and for you to know Him and the ways and how to live in His kingdom. The ways of His kingdom. He wants you to know that. He wants you to know to be blessed. What it really means to be blessed. He wants you to know how to trust Him as your provider. How to trust Him as your healer, as your empowerer, as your God who comes into your life and fights your battles for you. He's your deliverer. Amen? And He wants you to know that. And so let us not take the idea that being blessed means circumstances. Being blessed is your position of who he is and knowing God and knowing who he is. So I'm going to give you four things of how to be blessed, how to, how to have this blessing. Number one is you need to pursue Jesus. Pursue him. In Luke chapter 8, verse 43 through 48, there's a, there's a story about a, about a woman who was there, had been subject to bleeding, the Bible says, for 12 years. We call her the woman with the issue of blood. And this woman, she went through doctors after doctors after doctors trying to find healing, and she found none that could help her. And she hears of Jesus, 
and decides, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And so she presses through the crowd. And you got to understand, they weren't very nice to her because what she had was considered unclean. And so she presses through the crowd and touches the hem of her garment. And Jesus, it just took him by surprise. Power came out of me. Who did this? And he said, your faith has made you whole. See, the thing about us is we need to stop pursuing our problems and the answer to our problems, and we need just to pursue Jesus. We need to set ourselves apart from our problems. Your problems are not your identity. He is. And the only way out of your problems is to get into him. Set yourself outside of your problems and pursue him by faith. Amen? And go after him. Don't sit there and say, woe is me. God, where are you at? He has never left. He's right there. How many of you ever heard the statement that people miss it before their miracles? They give up before their miracles. How many of you ever heard that? That is so true. Because we sit there, God, you told me to do this. You told me to do that. And, and we get discouraged. God, it's like the disciples, you told me to get in this boat. And I'm struggling in the middle of this lake. I don't even want to go to Bethesda. But you called me here. You told me. You told me to move here. You told me to change jobs. You told me. And and if you continue in that talk, what's going to happen is you're going to talk yourself out of the blessing. Pursue him. Get your eyes on Jesus, who is what? The author and the perfecter, the finisher of your faith. And get into him. And God, God, there's things going on around me, but that doesn't control me. That doesn't move me. You move me. And I'm going to follow you because you have the answer. I am in my position as a son. And I'm going to stay in my position as a son because you are my king. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And I will follow Follow you, Lord. You are my provider. You are going to lead and guide me. And there may be things trying to get me off track, but they are not my God. You are. Amen? You pursue him. Set yourself apart from your problems. Number two, commit to know him at all costs. John 17, 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That, that Greek word here, that life, that eternal life is a zoe. And listen what it means. It means life that is real and genuine. Life that is a- active and vigorous, devoted to God. And listen to this one, blessed. Because it's you who know. What does Daniel eleven thirty two say? They that know their God will be strong. And do great exploits. Amen? No. In fact, that word know in John 17, 3 is the Greek word gnosko, which means to know, to understand, and to perceive. What are you needing to know and understand and perceive? God. Amen? I'm going to know him. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. They hear me and they follow me. 
Amen. So when you're in the midst of the storm, don't look at the waves. Don't look at the storm. Look at Him and understand because He knows the end from the beginning. And listen, He'll bring you through. Amen? Number three, you need to hear the word and obey it. Luke eleven twenty eight, but but he said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Amen. You do it. Listen to it. And number four, be filled with his spirit. Ephesians five eighteen says, Do not, and this is out of the message, don't be drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. It's like you see a pool of the Spirit of God. You jump in, and in this pool, you can drink the water without messing you up. Amen? Because you drink regular pool water, you know what I mean. You're going to be on that toilet for a long time. This one is going to change your life. Now, this is what happens to believers on this point. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, when we come to Christ, seals us, but starts the infilling of us. It seals it. That means you're His. Amen? Aren't you glad about that? But most believers never move more than that. When Paul talks, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. That word, be filled, is a continual feeling. Guess what? There's more. There's more of Him. You, you, you get it all, but it's, it's like you have to open up and receive it all. So when we lead people to the Lord, we said this is the beginning of a great adventure. Why? Because there is more of God to know There's more of God to understand. There's more of God to perceive. And the only way we do that is by Holy Spirit. Amen? And to really be blessed is to be filled with the Spirit of God. So that means every day I I wake up and I ask the Lord, Lord, fill me more. And I just receive it and I just lift up my hands. And God, I receive your Spirit now in Jesus' name. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit even more today. Because you know what? It continues. It's a continual flow. It goes in you and it also goes out of you. And if something goes out of you, guess what? You need to fill it up again. Just thinking about it as your fuel tank. And you got this big gas guzzler, this big old truck. Amen? Like mine. And you just got to fill it up. Because if you don't, you'll stop. You fill it up over and over. The Greek word here for spirit is pneuma, which means this. This is what happens when you fill up all the time with the Lord. This word spirit means the influence which fills and governs. Amen. Isn't that what it is? And so when I'm becoming filled with the very spirit of God, I'm allowing him to govern my life. And so when I allow him to govern my life, he's going to influence me. I'm going to follow him and I'm going to know him. And that's why we can have the fruit of the spirit, joy, peace, love, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And that's why Paul says in Galatians 25, 22, he explains it this. Basically, he says, when the Holy Spirit controls our life, 
He produces this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. And when we, we have that, that's what we should have as a believer. But it only comes because we allow him to fill it up. You know, Jesus said this. He almost, in a sense, yells it out. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from the innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. I mean, is that flowing out of you today? Allow that be filled with the Holy Spirit. So to be blessed, pursue Jesus. Commit to know him at all costs. Hear his word and keep it. Obey it and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And as we continue on this series, I want us all to realize what it really means to be blessed. You guys excited? How many guys want to be blessed? Amen? Amen. Amen. Close your eyes, bow your heads, let's pray. Father, we just bless you and we thank you for your word. Your word is good. And Father, I just thank you, God, that we understand now, at least in part, what it means to be blessed. And I know it's huge, Lord, and it it has so many aspects, but the foundation part is knowing you, is being under your kingdom rule, Lord. And so, Father God, as we even go through this series, even by your Holy Spirit, and Father God, you teach us how to be part of your kingdom, how to be blessed. And God, as we pursue you, even in the next 21 days, even more than what we've done before, Father, we're going to pursue you. We're going to know you at all costs. We're going to read your word and obey it. Keep it inside of us. And we're going to be filled with your spirit right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you that we can be truly blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Let's welcome Bill as he closes out today.